Anxiety is a massive topic. You might be facing anxiety sporadically or regularly and I'm sure you would love to have any tool in your hands that can help you with it. If you take a listen to this episode from start to finish, you'll find information from functional medicine and Ayurveda which can shine a light on your anxiety. In today's podcast, we will answer three questions. Where can you begin the work if you struggle with anxiety and poor sleep? How can you recognize that your anxiety is triggering several other symptoms? What must you do to move past anxiety? Stephanie is a physician's assistant and functional medicine nutritionist. She specializes in helping high-performing women with anxiety, chronic stress and burnout reclaim their lives back. And she has worked her own way through her battles with anxiety. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, author and yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Hey Stephanie, pleasure to have you on the Sleep Whisperer podcast and today we are talking about anxiety and sleep. Is a, this is a topic that I've done about two years ago right at the beginning of the podcast but I think that it's relevant every moment in time because anxiety seems to be so rampant and I would love for us to break it down but um, I know that I have a personal story with anxiety because of my son's adrenal disorder and somehow my attention always came back to the adrenals. So what brought what got you fascinated into exploring this topic by yourself? Yeah, uh, likewise, I have a personal experience with anxiety. And honestly, I didn't even know that I had anxiety until most recently, a few years ago. Um, For years, I suffered with chronic abdominal pain and um, was bouncing from primary to nutritionist to gastroenterologist and no one could figure out what was going on and it wasn't until I started doing some deeper interpersonal work and started working with someone like myself that we were able to connect the dots between 
my unrelenting anxiety and all of the emotions I had suppressed for basically the majority of my life in adulthood and as a manifestation um, of the, uh, the GI symptoms that I was experiencing. So um, since then, it's been brought to my awareness. I've really been focused on eliminating that from my life. And like you said, it is so rampant. I think it, particularly women and moms, it's so common because we, uh, we have a lot of responsibilities. Absolutely. I think, and I did an episode on self-worth and I was describing when um, my guest, my guest spoke about how as women, we tend to burn the candle at both ends. And I said, if I had a candle with six ends, I would be burning it at six ends. And sometimes that's just how we push ourselves in every direction. And I think it's so important for us as women to set boundaries. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in our bodies physiologically when there's anxiety, because there is still a lot of um, focus on looking at anxiety as just something which is psychological. And I do want us to get to the roots physiologically. So let's talk a little bit about what's happening within our body. Yeah, so anytime that you go um, into anxiety, um, it triggers the fight or flight response in your body, which is that sympathetic activation. And whether that stress is um, parenting, relationships, financial stress, um, you know, other relationships, poor eating habits, or you're being chased by a bear, your body can't differentiate the two and the same response is triggered. So there's going to be a release of those stress hormones, um, adrenaline, norepinephrine, and uh, specifically cortisol as well too. So when this happens, your heart rate increases, your breathing gets more rapid and shallow, um, digestion is impaired. Um, all of these things are done to get you out of an acute emergency. So providing blood to your extremities so you can run away from the bear, um, making your breathing faster so you can get more oxygen in, diverting again, away blood away from the gut because digestion really isn't important when you're surviving for your life. So this response is normal and can be helpful when it's actually necessary in that setting. However, when it's turned on chronically for a long period of time, that's when real problems can start to arise. And this sounds so much like, I mean, if you're perpetually in the state, let's talk a bit about how, what is it doing to our sleep? Because we're sitting in the, on our bed and with a racing heart and we're unable to wind down. So what, yeah. what, where, what is that kind I mean what can we do where do we begin it seems a bit vicious and obviously we are not sleeping it's going to be feeding further into this state of sympathetic arousal as you called it so let's talk a bit about anxiety and sleep in uh, from all perspectives yeah so I feel like you you got it right it definitely is a vicious cycle sleep and anxiety so you know, 
you're walking around all day with a rapid heart rate, racing thoughts. And then when it comes to be time to go to bed, you can't just turn that off. The thoughts are still there. They're racing. Your heart rate is increased again. Um, cortisol likely still increased. So cortisol should have kind of like a bell shaped curve during the day. It should be low in the morning, peak mid morning to give you your get up and go, and then decrease as the day progresses so that we can get rest and, and go to sleep. But oftentimes when people are in a heightened state of stress or anxiety, cortisol levels stay elevated. So it makes it very difficult to fall asleep when you have this stress hormone basically telling you, you have to stay awake. Um, so, and then you, then you, you, you don't sleep at night and then you wake up in the morning and you feel unwell and then the anxiety is worse and it just continues to snowball um, until some proper techniques are put in place. So developing a good sleep hygiene is absolutely instrumental. Um, and you kind of want to look at it like treating yourself like a baby. You know, if you start doing the same things every night, your body will start to expect and recognize like, oh, I'm taking a bath. It's time to get ready for bed or I'm dimming the lights. Now it's time to start thinking about sleep. So really getting to some really good sleep habits. And I know you have tons of resources on um, good sleep hygiene. Um, and something else that can be really helpful, I found, is journaling before bed. That can be so helpful for those racing thoughts is just to kind of do a brain dump and get it all out on paper. So that way you're not carrying it over into the night or to the next day. Kind of just wiping the slate clean before you go to bed. And Stephanie, before we come into looking at what can we do to help ourselves, I do want you to talk a little bit about how anxiety impacts other systems or other symptoms and how does it feed into other problems that we might have or we might potentially develop because then it becomes again we're caught in that loop where there's too many things going on so um, when we are in this state of perpetuating anxiety what are some of the other symptoms that we can also develop yeah, so like I mentioned in my story, um, most um, for sure, you know, gastrointestinal symptoms. So there's the gut brain access, the bi directional highway connecting the gut to the brain. So oftentimes people will get GI symptoms. So, you know, for me, for so long, my body was screaming at me to trying to get me to understand that there was something that was going on. And uh, until I was, you know, it got so severe that I, I couldn't ignore it any longer. I had to, to take a look at it. So oftentimes GI symptoms, um, abdominal pain, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, um, low energy for sure. So that comes along with the adrenal fatigue that most, a lot of people can experience with chronic anxiety with um, suppressed cortisol levels. Um, poor sleep, of course, increased risk of infections too. It really takes your immune system takes a hard hit um, being in that sympathetic state and activated for such a long period of time. So at risk for infections 
Um, and as the adrenals continue to be taxed, then you can get into a constellation of whole other uh, symptoms. So um, low blood pressure, salt cravings, um, joint pain, weight changes, um, allergies, lightheaded, blood sugar imbalances. So it really can start to affect a lot of systems because as you know, everything is connected. But what I've found, which is a fortunate thing is as we start to change and shift one area, these other things kind of fall into place. Um, so as we heal one area, it makes space for others to also do so. I think that's such an important point of hope that you made, Stephanie, before we look at our interventions is that it might seem overwhelming today, but it's just that taking that first step and then giving it a bit of time and being patient and loving with ourselves. So let's talk a bit about what can we do? So where can we begin? What has what can we, what are some of the tools that we can start with when we feel overwhelmed? And then what can we do further along the way to slowly walk that path back towards having no anxiety? Yeah. And I will say it, it certainly is a journey. I've been on my journey for almost three years and I feel like I'm at a space now where I don't know if we're ever fully healed, but I feel, feel pretty good. You know, it's not something that controls my life and I'm able to recognize it and navigate it much better. So it is a journey. Um, the biggest thing I would say for a step would be to look at your diet. Again, going back to the gut brain access, if you're eating tons of inflammatory foods or even any inflammatory foods, in my opinion, that's just going to send such, um, you know, erratic, uh, unhealthy messages to the brain. And the brain is the organ that we're, that we're looking at most here that we want to optimize its health. So just focusing on a whole foods diet, removing those inflammatory foods, gluten, dairy, refined sugars, processed foods. Um, so dietary cleanup is step number one. Um, and two, um, really just getting into that healing parasympathetic state. So you maybe heard this because I know that um, we're from the same program and there's kind of a little slogan is your body cannot heal if it's not in a healing state. And that just resonated with me so much when I heard it. And I've worked really hard to get to that parasympathetic state and people who are in anxiety often are so busy because they're so worried about these outcomes they can't control. Or maybe again, a lot of times with women that, you know, a fear of failure and they need to do more. That was my story. So I've really practiced doing nothing like laying down, setting a timer, even just for 10 minutes and not even to necessarily do any fancy breath work. Yes, I do breathe and meditate, but sometimes it's just, I'm going to lay here and I'm not going to move until my timer goes off and I'm going to try to clear my thoughts, but just, it just can be so restorative. Maybe I take a nap, maybe I don't, but just to literally be still for a period of time because our body needs that. 
um, as you know, it's so important with sleep, but just carving out the time in the day to do nothing. I think that that is something that I put on the highest part of my list every day, Stephanie, is the setting a goal of doing nothing. And I was just telling somebody yesterday that no matter how much I worked by 5 p.m., I've switched off my phone, my computer, and I've shut off from the world. And for me, that's made such a huge difference to feeling anxious later in the evening or uh, receiving that one email, even if I don't read through it, if I know it's from somebody, it used to trigger me that I would not be able to sleep because I'd wonder what is it that about. I didn't feel a sense of safety. And I think that yeah. sense of safety is crucial to uh, moving past anxiety and being able to sleep. You just can't fall asleep. And I must share, Stephanie, since we're talking about anxiety, that I also noticed that a lot of my clients themselves, um, even the very exciting news in the evening would spiral into a similar physiological state as would occur in anxiety. And it was just that being that racing heart, maybe not in a negative context, but it would still feed into this inability to fall asleep. You mentioned the parasympathetic state. I do wanted to talk a little bit about how can somebody know if they're in a parasympathetic state? Yeah, um, it's interesting because just recently I went through um, some pretty stressful family dynamics. And now that I've been out of that state for so long, when I dropped back into that sympathetic state, it was very uncomfortable in my body and I could feel it. So I think that you'll start to recognize it as you uh, separate yourself from it more. And then when you drop back into it, you'll recognize what that feeling was and that it's not very pleasant and that you don't want to spend very much time there. Um, and I mean, other things will improve too. your sleep for sure. As you start, you know, dropping into that healing state and other things will start to move and shift and you will start healing and, you know, your lightheadedness will improve your um, blood sugar will improve. Um, your blood pressure, even, you know, these things will start to shift into place. You also spoke about sleep hygiene. And I, I know that we've looked at this in some episodes, but what does that look like for when someone's trying to move past anxiety? What would it look like? Describe your sleep hygiene. Uh -huh. And again, this has taken some time um, to get to where I am now. And it really does take hard work and dedication and just sticking to it. Um, one of the biggest things I found for me is, you know, right after dinner, we start dimming the lights. That tells your brain that it's time to prepare for sleep and starts producing melatonin because light will decrease melatonin production. So we start kind of just setting the mood for bedtime. And then at least an hour before bed, like no screens whatsoever. I go and I read to my kids or they read to me. I put them to bed. And then when I go to bed, I just go to bed. I don't even look at my phone. Like it's plugged in. My alarm's already on. I'm not scrolling social media. 
um, I'm just going to sleep. And I do take a few um, supplements at bedtime for sleep. Uh, I love magnesium and B6. Um, GABA can also be really helpful. Um, and then at times in my life, I have taken melatonin as well. Um, something else that's really helpful for me when I wake up in the middle of the night, because that is really common in anxiety to wake throughout the night is to notice my breath and just to try to regulate it and do some like four count cycles of breathing or just really being mindful about taking a really big inhales and really big exhales until I go to sleep. And when I do wake up in the middle of the night, again, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm not turning on lights. I'm not even opening my eyes. I'm just lying there. And as you said, the safety thing is huge. Reminding myself, I'm safe. I'm okay. Like tomorrow's still going to go on. Even if I'm awake for a half hour in the night, you know, like we got this. Um, and really just practicing that over and over and over again. Share, Stephanie, with our listeners your top five takeaways for moving past anxiety to support better sleep. For better sleep? Yeah, okay. So uh, to reiterate, diet for sure. So cleaning up the diet, um, and that will also positively impact sleep. So whole foods diet. Um moving to that parasympathetic state. So just focusing more on rest and stillness, which I mean, that's what we're doing when we sleep anyway. So if we're practicing that more during the day, it should, in theory, make sleep easier. Um, another really big thing for me has been questioning my thoughts. So really doing a lot of, um, you know, deep, uh, psychological work to, to question those racing thoughts, um, and not believe every thought that's in my head to really shift my mindset. Um, for, as I mentioned before, bedtime journal, that can be really, really pivotal to help as far as sleep goes. Is there anything that you can prompt us on how do we journal? I mean, do we just like whatever comes in our head? Do we think of something specific, something that's bothering us? What 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 is that brain dump looking like? Yeah, um, I mean, if you're, if you're managing anxiety, you probably have a lot of thoughts in your head. So just trying to get as much of them out as possible, particularly the ones that are bothering you most. Um, and then I love to just like free flow journal, like almost like unconsciously journaling, like whatever comes out of my head, just write it down. If the thought stops, okay, take a break and then see what else comes. But just kind, just trying to clear the slate, as I mentioned before, before going to bed so that you're not bringing any of those thoughts or worries um, to sleep with you. Enough point five of our takeaways. Yeah, it would be some really great supportive sleep supplements. So I mentioned like magnesium or B6. Um, GABA also is really good for promoting relaxation and anxiety and for sleep too. And are these safe for everybody, Stephanie? Is, it a, is there a dose that you can recommend? Is there someone who should be cautious of any of these which you mentioned? 
Um, it would be very rare for someone to have too much magnesium. Most people are actually deficient, but um, it's always a good idea to speak with, you know, your physician or um, if you're working with a nutritionist or naturopath, just to update them. Um, but yeah, magnesium, a good recommended dose would be 250 milligrams twice a day. So I take mine first thing when I wake up and then about a half hour before bed, the B6 is 50 milligrams at bedtime. Um, and then the GABA, it, I love the sublingual form or it's liquid, but yeah, you put a sublingual. Um, and it just kind of varies what um, brand that you buy from the dosage on there, but usually it's like two to four pumps per day. So I like to do it first thing in the morning and then again at bedtime to promote that relaxation that relaxing state in order to go to sleep. Great. Thank you, Stephanie. And I know that we did just talk a little bit about um, adrenal fatigue. So I think we should have you back on the podcast at some point to talk about cr chronic adrenal fatigue and what can we do about that. I don't think we've explored that specifically. So it was great to have you here today. And where can people find you? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram, The Functional Healer, um, or my website is also www.thefunctionalhealer.com. Thank you, Stephanie, for your time. Great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. On today's episode, Stephanie took us through the physiological impact of anxiety and how to begin working through it patiently. I must share the Ayurvedic perspective to bring full information on this topic which is dear to my heart. In Ayurveda, the three doshas, Vata, Pitta and Kapha are there within all of us in different proportions which is what decides our Prakriti or body constitution. Any body constitution can have vata imbalance. Someone who is predominantly vata or who has vata aggravation at any moment in time can see it as anxiety. Vata imbalance also drives imbalance in other doshas and weakens Agni, the digestive fire. This was spoken about in Ayurveda 5000 years ago, so much before science started to bring importance into the connection between sympathetic dominance and digestion. Calming Vata is the key to calming down anxiety. Here is my tip to help you calm Vata. If you can make this a part of your daily living, you will provide your body with something very supportive. Avoid raw and cold foods and stay with warm cooked foods as much as possible and Vata will surely thank you for this. Have a wonderful day. 
Hi everyone I hope you enjoyed the show today just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only it is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional this information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services if you are looking for personal help on your health journey do seek out a qualified professional please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional it is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com it is important that you have someone who's qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care especially when it comes to chronic health condition be sure to subscribe to the sleep whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches
that would prefer, you know, the either the natural calm or any other formula that comes like in a in a powder that you can mix and just help with that absorption. Um, in in glycinate forms, I'm gonna mention a brand that I really like. Uh, it's a professional brand. It's Designs for Health. I really like their their magnesium glycinate, and it has a it has a really actually high dose. In it, I can't remember the number, but I know that comparing it with others, they have a really good um, magnesium glycinate. So that's in the, uh, but the same, you know, Metagenics also offers it or any of the atrium brands. Um, so uh, Douglas Labs and Pure Encapsulations actually is also another one that I would recommend. Um, yeah, but but also there's, there's, you know, there's tons of brands out there, magnesium, I'm, I'm gonna speak once again from the business perspective, like it's an extremely popular supplement. So there's there's a lot out there, just do your research, maybe, um, you know, the brands that I mentioned is, is uh, it, the conclusions that I came to and and, um, and that I love and know, but uh, but talk to your practitioner and see uh, maybe what, what other brands you can explore. Lovely, Maria. Thank you for your time. And where can people find you if they'd like to know more about magnesium and a whole lot more about Maria? Thank you, Deepa. Um, I'm, my, my website is mariaroldan.ca. Um, that's, that's where you can find me. Uh, I'm, I'm making a lot of changes now to my website. And I do, I'm going to be doing a lot more work in, in Spanish, you know, if you, uh, if any of your listeners uh, know people that can benefit, you know, from, from having access to this information in Spanish. That's what I'm going to start doing. I mean, in, in, on Instagram, which is Maria Roldan underscore uh, dot CA, I've started to post exclusively in Spanish because I feel that, that I, I need to, to help and to help spread this information to that uh, community as well. But, um, but yes, in, in Maria Roldan dot CA is, is what really people can find me. And I know that I'd encourage anyone to go to your Instagram and I always listen to your videos because you sound so musical when you're talking in Spanish that it just cheers <laughs> me up. Uh, but thank you for your time, Maria. It was a pleasure speaking with you and I can see your dog in the background at the air as we wrap this up. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Deepa. And thank you for, you know, the work that you're doing and, and all the information you're putting out there to, to help like so many people. So thank you for that as well. <laughs>